0: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric.
3: And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And there is an echo there, Matt, so if you could turn that echo off, that'd be great. We're going to be here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online, eight hundred nine six six wtic 522-WTIC. And uh, we'll do our best to get your uh, computer comments, questions, uh, and concerns taken care of uh, during the program. And as usual and customary, we do have some uh, technology news we want to get to, uh, one of my f- pet, you know, I guess, uh, issues is the California uh, Proposition 22. So there is a, uh, a fight going on there in California where the uh, labor unions were very working hard to uh, make, uh, um, thank you, Matt, to make uh, drivers of Uber and Lyft employees, even though these are... These folks were using an app and going to work on their own time and their own desires to go ahead and earn a few dollars extra. You know, the folks in California were working really hard to try to get these folks as employees. And uh, Uber and Lyft uh, came back with a a counterpunch. And uh, Proposition 22 passed with 58% of the vote. When I say passed, it means the people of California defeated The folks who wanted to make Uber and Lyft drivers employees um, and allowed them to continue to be gig uh, employees, which is a good thing. Um, You know, you can't make everybody, you know, an employee just because it fits your model. If these people want to go to work and do what they want to do when they want to do it, um, they should be able to. And, of course, I would tell you Uber and Lyft would have had an alternative by just making those folks franchisees and gotten around it that way so uh i think they were going to win this this battle either way of course this battle will continue forever
1: (laughs) no i think about a couple of years when the self-driving cars come out then they won't need the driving yeah
3: that's exactly right that actually that technology is on its way uh i still am scared to death of it we'll see what happens but it's a ten thousand dollar add-on to your tesla
1: well you know the People in California like to pay high prices for everything. They make a lot of money there. (laughs) That's true.
3: So uh, we'll put a link up here to the story. You can see how uh, 58% of the vote came in with only 83% of the votes counted. Uh, It sounds like deja vu, right? Uh, It looks like uh, folks who want to drive for Uber and Lyft can still do it whenever they want, and they don't have to be considered employees. What do you got there, Bob?
1: Okay. Portland, Maine, bans police from using facial recognition software. Hmm. The move strengthens the, city ba- the city's ban on facial recognition technology for city officials. On Tuesday, citizens of Portland, Maine, passed a ballot initiative banning the use of facial recognition and surveillance technology by law enforcement. Mm-hmm. The Bangor Daily News reported Yeah. The Portland City Council had banned use of this software by police and city agencies in August, but this measure strengthens that ordinance. The new measure gives citizens the ability to sue the city for illegal surveillance, requires the city to suppress evidence illegally obtained through surveillance, and makes violations by city employees grounds for suspension or termination. The uh, Portland Press Herald reported it also allows a citizen to receive $100 per violation or $1,000, whichever is greater, plus attorney's fees. Wow. So the ban does not apply to private companies. Portland, Maine, isn't the only city with a facial recognition ban in place. Since 2019, San Francisco, Oakland... Boston and Cambridge, Massachusetts, have also prohibited its use by public officials, while Portland, Oregon banned private companies and public agencies from using the technology in public places. Interesting.
3: All right. We're going to see where that goes. All in the name of security. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Um,
1: Trying hmm. to prevent us from becoming like China.
3: Yeah. So, uh, another news when this whole COVID thing started back in March, I had predicted, uh, you know, I'm not the sharpest tack in the drawer, but I. It didn't seem too hard to predict this, that snow days are going to be a thing of the past. And, uh, you know, if you're going to be able to work remotely and go to school remotely, you know, you don't need a snow day anymore. Just go ahead and do your, your your work remotely. Um Of course, you know, I know some folks that are in education and they're like, oh, no, 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 that'll never be the case, Eric. Come on. And then, of course, Glastonbury last week told you told everybody, no more snow days and it's going to happen everywhere really i mean if you're a teacher wouldn't it be great to know when your school year ends every <clears throat> excuse me every year uh because without a snow day there's no variable so i think most of the teachers out there would Appreciated. Most families would be appreciative of knowing when the school year ends.
1: Yeah, but the kids aren't going to like having to stay home and not being able to go outside and make snow forts and snowballs. No, 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 and Bob. Snowmen. Kids don't go outside anymore. What are you talking about?
3: <laughs> All they did was just instead of going on the screen for school, they go on the screen for... Video games. I mean, they're not going outside. <laughs> when we were kids, we didn't have that. So we had no choice, right? Just the, the parents said, get out. Uh, so I'll make another prediction. I mean, that was an easy one, I thought, but the next prediction is this. This is might be a little, uh, disruptive, but you know, we, we talk about failing schools in, in some of these cities here in Connecticut and the, and the achievement gap. And, and you've got students who are connecting, right, to the failing school to work remotely. Well, if you're a parent, wouldn't you rather they connect to one that's not failing? I mean, the idea of busing being a limitation, a limiting issue is now no longer the issue if you work, if you're connected remotely. So I'm going to predict that there's going to be some level of ability for kids to, and parents to decide, you know what? Maybe the school choice thing is doable now with remote learning because there's literally no impediment. Why should I connect to a school that's failing? Have my kid connect to that school? I want to connect to one that's succeeding. You know, maybe there's a great science teacher in 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 uh, Farmington versus Enfield or vice versa. Why do I have to connect to the failing one? Um, if I'm a, if I'm a parent with kids in the in the pub, private school, uh, public school, this is giving them choices, much more choices. I mean, if if remote learning works, which I, since March we've been forced to do it. Um, you can't have it both ways. Either it works or it doesn't. If it doesn't work, get back to school. If it does work, well, maybe choice is going to occur. So, uh, we'll have to see what happens with that. But I, I want to predict that this new approach to school is going to disrupt school itself. And, uh, if snow days are a thing of the past, maybe, um, being stuck in a failing neighborhood school will be the thing of the past too. You know, thanks to technology, you know, it's a very disruptive thing. And, uh, for everybody uh, no matter where you are so I just found that one of those things, I mean we'll see what happens I'm just trying to think ahead and uh, things are going to be different going forward I, I suspect did you want to bring anything else up Bob
1: uh, yeah I got another one all right uh, right to repair scores a win in Massachusetts to provide vehicle data Voters gave the green light to allow third parties access to all sorts of vehicle data previously locked away. Mm. Election Day in Massachusetts brought a victory for right to repair supporters as voters passed question one in the state, which gives parties access to all sorts of vehicle data that was previously untouchable under the law. Opponents shook their heads and warned of privacy invasion, while those in favor celebrated what they think is a big win for future tools and technology.
3: Privacy invasion? To know whether or not your, your car needs an oil change?
1: The, no, it's not for that. <laughs> oh, okay. The goal of the new regulation is to give independent shops a level playing field yep. in dealership service centers. Okay. Should something go wrong with on the systems affected by this data, yeah. Car owners would have to take it to a dealer. Hmm. Now any shop can access the data, which proponents believe gives owners more freedom to take their car anywhere they'd like right. or simply tackle the job on their own. Mm-hmm. The opposite in the opposite corner, automakers heavily opposed the new rule and argued the data includes sensitive information that third parties could use in nefarious ways, even such even things such as where and when a person drives up for is for grabs when the information is available for others.
3: Well, I mean that's been the case anyways. I mean, uh, I didn't know that the de- I mean dealerships are great. I have no problem with dealerships. So why would they be more apt to secure the data than the non-dealer? I don't understand that.
1: Yeah. So mm. with the new cars with the built-in GPSs and what have you. Yeah, yeah. They can track where you drive. Sure. How far you drive. Of course. And um, who's they? How fast you're going, (laughs) on what roads? That's true.
3: (laughs) Who's they, Bob? That's the problem.
1: The dealers right Uh, now. Well, again,
3: (laughs) they don't care. Uh, That's what's kind of a silly argument.
1: So the rule does not go into effect until 2022. So any cars produced before then won't need to abide by the regulation. Mm -hmm. However, in two years, the immense amount of data will be open to anyone who wants to access
3: it. It's interesting that we have to have all these right to do this and right to do that type of legislation. I mean, even with Apple you know right to repair an apple product you had you know how hard it is to get access to to being able to do that i mean it's it's pretty hard uh, apple doesn't want you to use a repair uh, independent repair shops because if the, if the if the phone's not working so good you know maybe the battery's not charging or it's working really slow remember we had the old issue with throttling they want to have you just turn it in and get a new one rather than having a third party say hey there's nothing wrong with this phone they're throttling
1: it well <laughs> Well, to me, what this shows is those states that have ballot initiatives yeah. have the ability to um, kind of override the lobby. The politics, yeah, the lobbyists, the yeah. The lobbyists who lobby yeah. for these laws in the first place.
3: Yeah, well, very good. Well, good for Massachusetts. It so, look, looks like you can get your car fixed anywhere yeah, you want we now. We don't
1: have ballot initiatives in Connecticut. <laughs>
3: oh, Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know Connecticut, so we're going to be here till eleven o'clock. Feel free to get online eight hundred nine six six WTIC five two two WTIC. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood here. It's gorgeous Saturday morning. Uh, feel free to get online though if you ever had some computer issues you'd like to take care of, or if you want to talk about, you know, the ability to to have your kid remote into a. A, a school that is not failing versus one that might be failing um, in your neighborhood. And now, with the beauty of the uh, of the hybrid learning or the remote learning, you know maybe there can be a way to solve that problem for you and your child. What's your opinion on that? We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab on a beautiful. Saturday morning here, no snow, no snow, no snow days going on here. Um, feel free to get online, 800 wtic 522-WTIC, and we can talk about technology. And uh, we're going to go right to your calls because you are nice enough to join us on this beautiful morning. Let's go to uh, William in Hartford first. What's going on, William?
4: Uh, good morning, guys. Um, I have an issue with regard to the speed at which iPads run sitting at the kitchen table. Ah. The, set, the setup is: I have an Aris modem, my own, mm-hmm. a Netgear R six hundred eight O router, uh, with a with a PC uh, hooked up with, directly with Ethernet. All right. Okay, the PC is running. Uh, just to look at the download speed, is running in the seventy to eighty five range. Yeah. Uh, the, two lapped, uh, the two iPads are running in the 30 to 36 range. With the iPad of about two feet from the uh, from the router, hmm. I get down to the kitchen table, and uh, which is about 60 feet away, I just paste it off. Yep. Uh the, uh the the, re, it, it, see, the reception or the, the run speed seems to slow down dramatically, and it's and it seems to come and go. So I'm yeah. wondering, I went to Best Buy the other day, and the kid said to get an Orbi extender, and I said, I don't think that's going to do what needs to be done. So I didn't no. do that. Well, good. I'm wondering what you're suggesting.
3: Well, when you move closer to the device, your router, it doesn't change your performance, right? You're still roughly 30? megabits on your uh, ipad
4: uh you know what i haven't yes that's correct it does not
3: all right so the orby would have been a ridiculous recommendation because right. no matter how close you are the performance is bad
4: right They're like going through a little funnel somewhere yep well
3: it's either you, the wi-fi adapter within the ipad is bad or older how old is this ipad
4: uh one, got two uh, two of them. one we, there are two one's a Probably a year and a half old, and the other's maybe four years old.
3: Okay, so they're both different flavors of iPad, both giving you and, performance.
4: and the older actually, the older one at the moment was running a little faster than the newer the newer one Huh. and by the way, I wiped out everything running in the background. I wiped out all the history on the iPads, so wow. I hope there was no interference there.
3: No, there wouldn't be. It's all a matter of the radio signal. So your router itself, does it put out a, a 1 SSID? Is it a 2.4 gigahertz SSID, or has it got the 5 gigahertz SSID? It's got both? Bob? We can
4: choose either. I right. generally run the 2.4.
3: Okay. So 2.4 generally will be slower. Uh huh. It gives you more distance, but it will be slower. Um, if you try the 5G, you know, at 60 feet, the five G shouldn't be impacted whatsoever. You know what?
4: I misspoke. We're running five. The five G.
3: You're running the high speed. And, yeah. and you're still getting only thirty megabits. My
4: wife tells me I'm wrong in the background, but she's got a
3: check. Oh, welcome to the it. club. And by kid. the way, I went welcome on the, to the
4: router club. to make sure there were no spurious users in the background, and uh, I looked at that router website. Yeah, and and the only stuff showing on the router was my own stuff.
3: Right, and your normal speed when you connect your other computers, not the iPads, is what?
4: Uh the PC is running in the neighborhood of 70 to 85. 7085 you I'm did say. we 5G. Okay. We're just running the regular net uh, I we're running 2.4. Oh,
3: yeah. you are 2.4. Okay. All right.
4: S- so, so we should go to 5G. So try the say. 5G
3: and see yeah. if you get better performance. Just choose that SSID and uh if it changes and improves for you, problem solved.
4: Okay. But we're too if, far away. If it doesn't
3: it could if you're too far away, then you might not have a good signal. But um, just check it out at least. It would try your two, Try the 5G at the close range to see uh-huh. if you do get the improvement. Uh, that way, you can at least see it for yourself and understand okay. the difference in that. And then, as you walk away, you know if you're at the kitchen table and you mu- and you need 50 megabits. Then you're you're maybe out of luck. Maybe the wireless uh, adapter in your iPad is just not capable because you already know your computer is. Is your computer hardwired or wireless? Yes,
4: yeah, hardwired.
3: Hardwired. So it's we we actually can't test the wireless on the PC side. Do you have any access to uh, another?
4: I could, I could switch it over to to wired. Uh, I mean, wireless. You could. Okay, try that. PC. Yeah.
3: Trust, so do this do some testing too to see what two point four wireless on your PC does and five G does. Just... Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you have a coach there?
4: Yeah, I do. <laughs> Tell me, uh and the question is in the background, we're showing on the iPads probably a dozen other uh, Wi-Fi input sites, yeah. some of which are clearly neighbored with, uh, n- named with neighbors' names. Exactly.
3: Is you know, one of normal? the
1: things you might look at is what channel are they broadcasting on. If you can look and see your neighbors, you should be able to see what channel. Right. Yeah. Maybe change the channel. On yours. On yours. So if oh, you're right. all
3: if you're all really close by on that same channel, you could Three be interfering. Channels. Yeah, you could be interfering with each other. So you would want to choose a different broadcast channel. That oh, okay. help How you do that? Yeah. Well, that, that we're going to have to get a credit card for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> within your within your router, you'll go ahead and go to the Wi-Fi configurations, and you can choose which channel you want to put out the broadcast on. The two point four gigahertz can go on X Y Z. Well, I shouldn't use letters; numbers and the five gigahertz. So you have to go into your router to do that. Um,
1: Typically, there's a drop down somewhere. Yeah, I couldn't tell okay. you
3: specifically on yours. But let's not do that yet. Let's do some of the testing we talked about. Okay. 5G on your iPads, chest mm-hmm. your, your, your PC on these wireless, see if you can get some sort of consistency in the speeds depending on which wireless you're on, and then start looking at channels because, yes, you can bang into each other and produce poor performance.
4: Yeah, okay. Yeah, sometimes the uh, neighbors don't show up at all.
3: No more no, no well, hours. They could so I've had people call on the show that, that tell me they turn off their devices when they yeah, go to I've bed.
4: Done that. Yeah. I suspect Comcast.
3: That <laughs> could it, be it might
4: have a piece of this too.
3: Maybe. Yeah. But um you you know they're either broadcasting or they're not, and your your device is either detecting it or it's right. not. Okay. So, all right, you got some things to try there, William.
4: I'll will give it a try. Thanks all so right. much, guys. Have a great day and yeah. <laughs> love the show.
3: Oh, thank you for calling. We appreciate it.
4: Thank you. Bye. All right, bye bye.
3: Um, yeah it's important to know from where your connection comes and uh so try to identify your SSIDs on the device you're broadcasting so that you can call it something. I like to call the SSIDs that I'm broadcasting FBI van 3452. Uh kind of freaks people out when they see the FBI band van uh SSID or whatever, but at least you know it's yours and not some generic uh uh, SSID. We're going to be here till eleven o'clock. Feel free to get online 966 WTIC five two two WTIC over the news. We're going to be here till eleven. Also, we're broadcasting live over at Facebook. If you want to check out Bob and I, we're going to we're there over at WTIC's Facebook page live. Yikes! Right, we'll be right back. back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And Bob is Bob Shorey. He's the uh, one of the MCSEs at Tab. He comes in and helps me out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. And uh, we are live over at WTIC's Facebook page. Let's go to your calls. And we're going to go to John in Southington. What's going on, John?
2: Hey, guys. Uh, thanks very much. I have a Dell uh app. Uh, 3847. I have it. it run right now. It's running on uh, an i5. It has integrated graphics and everything. And I recently upgraded the OS to, from the original it came in Windows 8 to yeah. uh, uh, Windows 10. Yeah. And I started using dual monitors. and I started getting lagging, uh, like on Zoom calls when I'd open up a uh, a web page or something else like that. I'm wondering if I only have eight eight gig of RAM, do I need more RAM or would a dedicated uh, graphics card uh, be a better solution or more economical solution.
3: Well, let's first start with uh, your bandwidth. What do you have for uh, Internet speed?
2: Um, well, it's actually hardwired, so I'm getting like um, 100 or 80 or something like that.
3: Okay, that's uh, not bad. That's good speed. Yeah. So yeah. It, there's no issue there. Your, your issue is probably with the computer. Um, the right. lagging could be caused by, you know, Chrome itself. It's a complete memory hog. Oh, okay. And if you've got Chrome browsers going, even for the show that we're doing, our Facebook Live, I have to minimize um, Chrome and, on the device that's actually doing the stream or the, the software will lag. Um, so Chrome right. is a big pig when it comes to resources and getting and worse. Mul-
2: yeah, and I have multiple windows open in Chrome typically. So...
3: Yeah, that's going to be part of it. So you can try adding a little RAM that might help it, but it'll Mm -hmm. consume it. And what do you have for a hard drive? Is it solid state or is it the old spinny kind?
2: It's the old kind. It's a uh, one terabyte, you know, mechanical.
3: Just a standard drive. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so you might have some performance improvements if you went to a solid state. But if this machine is pushing five years old or so, don't spend too much money on it. It's better to get a new one.
2: Right. No, I I was looking at, like, you know, I saw like a uh, there's a, a two gig Radeon that Dell recommends that it's, it's going for like 40 50 bucks or something like that. so I think that might be good to extend it a bit and uh, I thought if I had the dedicated graphics card it would help you know just as not running everything through the motherboard and trying to use up the RAM and everything else.
3: I don't think that don't would make, make a sense. difference because your your graphics processing of a vi- of a zoom call is really not that difficult for the computer to do. If you were doing 3D okay. modeling for like CAD work, you know, like a SolidWorks program, you know, thing like that, then yes, you need a very powerful, dedicated graphics card. But to show video is really not a very difficult thing for any computer to do. It's just that your I mean, machine is doing trying to do it all.
2: Right, right, right. Okay. I mean, I guess the short term would be just to minimize, shut down all the other stuff and just run the Zoom call or something like
3: that. That would be the short-term solution, yes. Minimize it. Um, allow Zoom to have, allow that instance to have all your power, and that way you should be okay. Actually, you should do a test and see if that works. Um, if it seems to be a consistent problem, it should be an easy test to do, and that would that would confirm it. Or try a different browser. Instead of using okay. Chrome, you know, try using something that's a little lighter. Um, okay. try, try Firefox. You know, maybe they're getting better at this stuff, but, but Chrome is pretty heavy. These days, uh,
2: I didn't realize. Yeah, because IE also is sucking up everything. So,
3: yep. All right. Yeah. Okay. That, that's part of your snag, I think.
2: All right, and and you think maybe adding some RAM would help somewhat, at least in terms of getting it process? I don't have to necessarily go away from the integrated graphics card, that
3: Right. I don't think it's a graphics card that improves. RAM could help. Solid state would help. But if you're, if again, the machine's in that five-year range, because being Windows 8, it probably is getting near that. Uh, yeah. I would tell you that you should don't even don't even consider putting more money in this machine. You're due for a new one. Whether I mean five or six year old, years old of a computer is really near its the end of its useful life. You can go longer, but if you're starting yeah. to see performance issues that's affecting your work, uh, a replacement would make sense to me. All
2: right, all right, very, just, good, very good. I mean, it's just light use and everything else, but it's when I'm streaming video or you know Zoom or whatever, and then opening up the additional. Uh, browser windows or something like that. and That's when I start seeing stuttering and, and the, the like.
3: So. Right, yeah. So All I, right. Yeah, don't go too crazy then, but, you know, I don't think you want to do do, do too much there.
2: Right, okay. I mean, I just wanted to spend <laughs> trying to keep this thing first.
3: So. Yeah, um, I understand.
2: Yeah. Okay, very good. Thank you very much, guys.
3: You're welcome, John. Thank you for calling. All right. Yeah. Yeah, bye. Lots of uh, variables to these issues, right? I mean, f- bandwidth issues performance issues as far as the processor itself, you know, memory, all sorts of, of uh, aspects of these of these solutions that have to be focused on before you go too crazy. Let's go on to uh, Dennis in Glastonbury next. What's going on, Dennis?
5: Morning. Um, I've got a TV question. All Hopefully right. you guys can help me out. I finally cut the cable. I bought a new uh, Samsung 50-inch switch to YouTube TV and love it.
3: Nice. Um,
5: I still have my old 40-inch Samsung, which is eight years old. And I'm just wondering, uh, it's got one USB port. I'm just, is there a way to make that smart again that I can use it in another room um, for YouTube?
3: To make it smart again, yes. <laughs> or to so make it smart. <laughs> you need a device. Uh, I recommend one of the best devices is the Nvidia Shield, and it would be the competitor to a Roku. It'd be a competitor to an Apple TV. It'd be a, one of those a competitor. It's a Google device. Uh, go- okay. It Runs Android TV, I should say, and it's a Nvidia Shield. And, um,
5: that's with an N and, and not an I N. It's
3: Nvidia. Right, Nvidia. Yep. Nvidia is one of the major manufacturers of high-end uh, video processing chips. Okay. Uh, so it's one of the one of the lead players. So to have a device that's made by a video processing company like that, so that it can do video processing, is my logical (laughs) choice. So you can make any TV smart with it because you're going to go ahead and plug it into not the USB port, but the HDMI port. Oh, I do. You're going to have that be the input to your HDMI, and then it'll go ahead and play your YouTube TV. And the beauty of it is once you've got one of these things, you can take it with you on vacation, right? You can take your entire TV you know, whatever you whatever you're streaming with you on this little device, plug it into the hotel TV and just you know, completely ignore any issues with what they offer you. you if you want to take it away to any anything, you just plug it right into the HDMI, and now you've got your your streaming services that you uh, subscribe to. And nice and So,
5: do do I have to make any changes, or what? Um, when I turn the TV on, will it will it know that it's uh, will it show the YouTube?
3: Yeah, it, it should detect that it's got an HDMI device plugged into it, and it should automatically mm-hmm. go to it as its source, and then the HDMI device will power on, which will be the shield, and okay. then you'll have a menu, and you can choose YouTube TV okay. or whatever else you subscribe to, Netflix or Amazon Prime. You can put all that on there.
5: Terrific. Now, where do I get something like that?
3: Online is probably the best way. We'll put a link to it for you if you want to go to Computer Talk with Tab. Now, that's okay. th- that's kind of a premium device. Uh, but What's the it,
5: cost for that? Do you know,
3: Probably around 250 or so. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, but you can't. You know. Okay. Try, try to make a dumb TV smart. You need a little technology. The alternatives would be like a Roku or a uh, Amazon Fire Stick. You just need a thing to plug into an HDMI device to do the streaming. A oh, one ninety nine. Bob brought it up. It's a one ninety nine now. So could okay. even even go down further. Who knows? But okay, you're gonna pay for it once, and it'll last you a lot. It's solid state. Okay.
5: Now um, another unrelated question. Webroot. I um, just subscribed to that. I think a week or maybe two weeks ago. Yeah. And um, and then I got in the mail an envelope with a, a disk. Uh, maybe is that just a backup disk perhaps that they sent me? There were no instructions. I went into the computer. It, it is loaded. I was able to scan with WebRoot, but um, yeah. I didn't know what to do with this disk. Is that something I should just hang on to?
3: You can hang on to it, but downloading is the, the key. I'm, I'm not sure why they're doing that, but yeah. if you've already got the software, you're in good shape. Yeah, Okay.
5: Yeah, And and just incidentally, I didn't know if you knew about it, but YouTube, I was excited because it had a lot of good channels and it had uh, SNY and and, um, uh, Nesson, et cetera, but they just dropped Nesson.
3: Yeah, I I, heard that. I mean, I was disappointed, but then again, I mean, now they got Alex is back with the Sox, so maybe next season will be worth watching. Um, I would contend they're going to work it out. And if they don't, the beauty of what we're able to do with these solutions is we can just cancel them. Right? Yeah. if you don't if, if YouTube TV can't get their act together right. and no it's not contract. yep yeah and it's a deal breaker for you then guess what go to go to a site that offers it Hulu or whoever is offering it I'm not right. sure who is and then right. and then YouTube will lose subscribers that's we can finally be consumers when it comes to this stuff rather than being stuck in some sort of crazy package from the cable company yeah
5: um, and switching it saved me about 30 uh, percent
3: oh yeah and with frontier yeah now so. the next step will be you know trying to get good broadband to your home where it doesn't kill your cost for using bandwidth right so be careful right. watch your data caps on whatever you're using uh, because they're, they're going to start whacking at everybody for data cap usage above X whatever it's a terabyte of data or whatever it might be okay. that's how these cable companies are going to try to fight back that's why we need more, more access to other broadband companies right right
5: okay Sorry. thanks for the information I appreciate it yeah. you guys have a great show I appreciate thank, it
3: thank you okay. thank you Bye-bye. for calling alright so uh I think we'll probably have to step out for a quick break, and then get back to more of your calls. So, two lines open: eight hundred nine six six WTIC five two two WTIC. This is Computer Talk, and we are live over at WTIC's Facebook page. We'll be right back. This is computer talk, and we are here till eleven o'clock. And then Doctor Alessio will be in with Healthy Rounds. We got one line open for you: eight hundred nine six six WTIC five two two WTIC. Thank you for joining us on this lovely Saturday morning. Um, let's go on to uh, Gunther in Manchester. What's going on, Gunther?
6: Uh, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. I have a, my problem is this: I was able to print until yesterday. Now I can't print anymore, and when I go. Into here to look for something, it says the pr- the printer is offline. Yeah. What What can I do? I I try to I, I look through the comp- uh, through the printer and scanner pages. There, I can't find anything where it says how to turn the printer back to online.
3: Well, number one, uh, is it wireless or hardwired? Wireless. All right. Yeah, that's what we we both were thinking it would be. Um, so we have, we get these calls a lot. You need to do something um, to set that printer's IP as static. So you want to go to the printer configuration um, on the printer itself yeah. and, and designate an IP address. You know, wait a minute, something.
6: Let me write this on. Yep. One
3: oh, I'm just I'm using an example. So most most internal networks the IP address scheme is 192.168.1.something. something. So I'm assuming that's what you've got in your network, and you've got to choose that something at the last bit. So let's say we we choose .50. Okay. And then you have to go into your printer settings within your printer itself and tell it, "Hey, printer, you're going to be at this address: 192.168.1.50." And I see this on the computer or on the
6: printer. On the
3: printer. So you want to go? You should probably go and Google the printer's manual.
1: What kind of printer is it? Okay,
6: it's a a, a Canon MX490 series.
3: All right, so we'll try to find that manual for you. But uh, you're going to go into the printer's manual and you're going to set a static IP address within your network scheme. I'm assuming the 192.168.1.x is your network scheme. Okay, now that you've set the address, there's a device on your network called a DHCP server that is handing out addresses for everything that connects to your network whether it's your phone, a laptop, your TV, whatever is connected, it's getting addresses from this device. It's typically your router. Is it your router or is it a router provided by the cable company or internet A
6: router provided by the cable company.
3: Yeah, so because you have less control over that, you can try logging into it um, and you'd have to log into that router with whatever password they gave you, sometimes the information is on the router itself. Yeah, I know. I know the password. All right. You want to go into the DHCP server settings of that router and exclude the address you just gave the printer so that it doesn't hand out 192.168.1.50 to some other device. Once you've done...
6: uh, Maybe, is there another thing? If if I... uh, how should I say? Delete the router. If I delete the router, or the, uh, no, if I the delete my printer on yeah. the computer yeah. and start all over fresh, would this help?
3: So it would. It would. So you could make your printer come back again by just having your computer go find it again. Yes. So if you don't want to follow the route that I'm giving you, that'll oh, this end this problem forever. I'm sorry. That's way over my head. What you said? No sweat. <laughs> So that's okay. Uh, so, yes, you can go ahead and delete the printer com- from your computer, reboot it. Yeah. Make sure the printer's on, and then go-, go to add a network printer. And then yeah. your computer's going to go out and try to find where your Canon's sitting now. Okay. And then it, it should re- redo it. But this problem will never end. I'm sorry. But
6: you know, the thing is this I have a second computer, and I can print with my second computer.
3: The second computer has already found the printer.
6: I don't know. I mean, I was printing. I was trying to print something out. I couldn't do it on this one printer, so I went to this other printer, what's older, and yeah. I had no problem printing this out.
3: To a different printer?
6: To the same printer. Same
3: printer. Yeah. So the computer was able to detect the new the new location of your of your Canon on the network better than the one you're trying to use.
6: Oh, okay. So I I tried this first here. I'm gonna. Undo this printer where it does the printer who doesn't uh, uh, the computer who doesn't print yeah. with the printer and reinstall this and see what happens.
3: That could, that's an approach. That is definitely an approach. Okay. All right, Gunther. Sorry but about has, that. That's the problem with wireless printers.
6: Yeah.
3: It's just they keep getting new IP addresses and then your yeah, computers yeah, both, don't know where they find.
6: But both. What are from, a, both from a wireless?
3: Both of the. You, so when you say both of them. The computers are wireless both or the, the printer?
6: My computers, computers are wireless. To the yes. Printers.
3: It's the printer itself that gets a new address all the time.
6: Okay. All so, right. All right. I tried this. So, and you, did you put up, did you say you put a link up or what? Maybe I can look at it after 11?
3: Yep, the link will be there as far as a manual for your printer. We found that
6: manual already. Manual for, okay. And how do how do I get to this? Sorry.
3: That's okay. It's the nameoftheshow.com. Computertalkwithtab.com okay. is the, the com. And right. go to the live links, and you'll see your printer manual there.
6: Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome, and sir. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye.
3: Bye-bye. So, yeah, it does sound complicated, what I was describing to, to Gunther there, as far as setting a static IP. But if your device keeps getting a different IP address... And your computer is looking for it on the old IP address. For some reason, Microsoft is not sharp enough to go ahead and say, "Ah, that printer moved over here. It, it needs to be told to." Or, I mean, every time my kids come back from college, they act like they can't print, and I'm like, "I don't know why your, com- your computer just doesn't know where the printer is." And it, it's a static issue.
1: Some of the uh, some of the software that you install automatically detects the changes. And yeah, we'll get on that microphone.
3: That. I can barely hear you myself.
1: <laughs> some of the software there we go. that you install will automatic when it installs a port a special port for the printer it will if the ip changes it'll find it and then adjust accordingly
3: using that other port as the other way to find it using
1: the other ip yeah so it'll it'll change the ip on the port mm-hmm. that you install yeah and um then the other thing that they do sometimes is they'll put a little, little utility that will scan the network and find that printer.
3: Right, for you. It's going to say, oh, it moved on me. I'm going to try to find it for this Correct. guy before he tries to print.
1: And then some of them, you're on your own. Yeah, right. <laughs> and
3: that's where you set it statically. So it's a little weird. It's a little bit of a pain in the butt, um, but it is what happens. Let's go on to Fred right. in uh, Wallingford. What's going on, Fred? Let's see if I can help you out before yeah. the break here.
0: Yes, uh, uh, I have Comcast. uh internet uh, and television service, um, when they came in, they installed a router, uh, and some of my televisions are far enough away that I needed to do Wi-Fi connections. Uh, I tried buying the uh, router extenders that Comcast offers, but it's not doing the job. Do you have any recommended extenders for to take the, the Wi-Fi and get it to the more parts of the house?
3: Yeah, so first, are you, running on, are you trying to get those TVs to connect via 2.4 gigahertz or 5 gigahertz?
0: I would not know the
3: difference. It's know. important. It's important. It's an important issue. So you need to figure out which SSID is available for your TV to connect and it has to connect at 2.4. The further it out it goes, the, the, the better, the, the stronger the reason you have to use the 2.4 gigahertz broadcast. So you need to go to Comcast and either ask them to help you separate those SSIDs because a lot of times they broadcast them as one. So it's hard to troubleshoot. And uh, you want to have your TVs find the 2.4 gigahertz. Now, as far as extenders, I don't like them. Um, I don't have any I could recommend that are any better these days yet that I would say to you, Fred, go and get this one. Um, If even Comcasts don't work well, um, that's sad. Uh, (laughs) It should be pretty straightforward.
1: We just would recommend that you get your own Wi-Fi device. Right. And, and and you don't have to worry about the complications of an extender, which is just really a repeater. Right. And,
0: In other words, instead of using their router, get get your own. Get my own.
3: Yeah, get okay. your own. That's a better broadcast. You know, it's going to maybe give you better signal by default.
0: And I, I can use that router. I mean, because I've had problems where they uh, the the service hasn't been good for my uh, uh, you know Wi-Fi or whatever, and they I call up Comcast and they have me power down their router.
3: Yeah. And then power it back up again.
1: Right. Typically, typically, the cable company gives you the device that, uh, according to the lowest bid.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, so maybe maybe taking your own control. Yeah. Try that 2.4 gigahertz. If you can find that signal, Fred, you might have good result by default too.
0: Okay, I'll call Comcast. Thank you. Bye-bye.
3: Yeah, you're welcome. Good luck. And be careful with that too, because they're going to try to sell you, believe it or not, another service. Like, here's here's our internet service, and then here's our Wi-Fi service with your internet service, which is pretty much. They're both the same thing. So don't pay for it twice is what I'm getting at. We're going to be here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. couple lines open for you. Stick around during the news. We'll be right back.
2: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours